you may have realized that being healthy feels different than it did in the past now that you're over 50. If you want to maximize your health potential but don't have time to read through overwhelming pages of Google links, this is the show for you. Welcome to Healthy Tips After 50. We love doing the research, finding solutions, talking to health experts, and learning what works and what doesn't. Now, your host. She spent the last 25 years dedicated to feeling her best and is here to share her best findings with you, Susan Rosen. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Susan Rosen. I am going to do something a little different today than what I usually do, and that is, first off, I'm going to talk about my ongoing issue right now, physical issue, which is that a week ago tomorrow, I broke my collarbone. I was walking and I was trying to pay attention to not trip over anything and I missed something in the path and ended up tripping on it, fell very hard on my shoulder and broke my collarbone. And it's on the right side, so that's also, since I'm right-handed, not a wonderful thing. I am getting a lot better with my left hand, but at the same time, um, I still can't do a lot of things. And it's kind of interesting because one of the things that happens sometimes is that I drop something or or something with my left hand and because I'm right-handed my right hand wants to go to it and oh does that hurt so I'm learning to try and be a little more conscious and <laughs> something that I think my my Buddhist meditation should help with and keep saying and the other thing is that I am learning a lot more about bones and bone breaks and the kinds of things that you can do to help heal it faster. And I was particularly interested in finding out about that because I'm not a 10-year-old, I'm not even a 15-year-old. They can heal a collarbone break in two to three weeks. But I'm over 60. And even though I have a healthy diet and I exercise and a lot of other things that are good for you, I still end up not being able to heal from these bone breaks as quickly as I would like to. So what they told me was six to eight weeks. And I'm trying real hard to beat that. So I started, as I usually do, looking online and trying to find any of the most recent information that I could. Oops, sorry, I hit the microphone and, and there was a noise. Okay, um, so what I was going to try and tell you before I go into what I have found is that I am not going to go through and take out a lot of the ands and spaces on this podcast like I do on some of my others because I just can't do that in GarageBand with my left hand at this point 
it's um, I shouldn't say I can't I'm just not very good at it and so consequently it's going to take it would take a lot more time and I'd rather get this podcast done and up for people to listen to that's where that is so it's interesting back to what I found online some of it I already knew some of it I already do and as I said I have a pretty healthy diet and so there are a lot of these things that I do and take and eat that are on a lot of these lists so one of them in talking about the bone building diet they talk about um, calcium deficiency which I don't believe in I think that it is a mineral it could be a mineral deficiency I think what a lot of women have is a calcium overdose because that's what ends up blocking going into your blood vessels and blocking those and if you think about it your bones are made of a whole list of different minerals and they all work together so why would you just take calcium to try and make your bones better it doesn't make any logical sense so there are a lot of foods that have all of these minerals in them one of the other ones that goes along with it is magnesium which is also very good for so many things it's really what makes the the electrical things in your body work it's the electrolytes and that is what makes most of your body tick and and work and work correctly and I already took a lot of magnesium but now I'm taking some more and I used and I also took something called electrolyte stamina which is actually all of the minerals together and I was already taking some of that and so what I did as soon as I got home was I upped the number of those that I was taking I was taking four now I'm going to take now I'm taking six I may actually even up it a little bit more I just I don't think that you can overdo it at least not at this point so something else that they were talking about is zinc and how good zinc is for you and that you can get zinc in um, pumpkin seeds chia seeds flax seeds as well as grass-fed beef which I think is kind of interesting and then the other thing that they talk about is getting loads of vitamin C which is an antioxidant and I already take quite a bit of C but I'm upping that as well and what they were saying I guess they found it was there was a rat rat study yeah you heard me right in the archives of orthopedic and trauma surgery that found that the vitamin C supplemented group went through the stages of fracture healing faster compared with the control group so that's what I want I want to be in the faster group so I've added that in and then vitamin D which I already took a lot of and they actually did a blood test after I was at the urgent care 
to check my vitamin D level, which had already actually been checked just a month or two ago, as well as my calcium level and some other things. But I wasn't going to argue with them. Um, and all of that came out very good. So I obviously, they agree I do not have osteoporosis and that's not why the bone broke. Um, because in case a lot of you don't know, people who have osteoporosis, sometimes it isn't that they break a bone when they're doing something, it's that the bone breaks first and then they fall. And not that they fall first and then break the bone. I learned that when my mom was alive and had very bad osteoporosis. Okay, so some of the other things that they talk about here, which is interesting, are omega-3 fatty acids, which again, I already take a lot of those, both fish oil. Um, and then they were, this one article was talking about how going and getting acupuncture treatment is supposed to also be very good for bone healing, which would make a lot of sense. I used to do acupuncture many years ago. I haven't done any for a while. And I'm actually going to see the orthopedist on Thursday. And so after I see him, I will decide whether to, and how far along he thinks I am, um, I'll find, think about maybe going back to my acupuncturist and see um, what he can help with. So it's interesting, some of the other things that it sounds like people are trying or using is um, ultrasound, which I have heard of being, it's um, low intensity pulsed ultrasound and uh, pulsed electromagnetic field therapy as well. So it sounds like I wonder it might be something having to do with the pulsing. But they reduct, excuse me, it says one of the papers reviewed found a reduction in healing time of 12 days among non-smokers and a reduction of 33 days. That, that first one was with the, um, the low intensity ultrasound and um, a reduction of 33 days for healing with the people who did the pulsed electromagnetic field therapy. I don't know who does that, but I certainly am going to have to look around for that because that would cut the time in half of how long I'm going to be dealing with this. That sounds like it might definitely be worth trying. They also, this other article also talks about um, nutrition. And um, interestingly, they say that there was a 90-year-old woman who is said to have healed her broken pelvis with carrot juice, which is um, amazing, just, just carrot juice. And quite a few of these other, quite a few of the different articles that I was looking at, this one again says vitamin C, they were talking about um, how you need to start eat, actually eating more than you typically do and definitely more protein because the bone itself takes a lot of the nutritional um, elements that you're putting into your body and it doesn't leave a lot for the rest of your body. So 
you need to almost double the amount of uh, food and vitamins and minerals, so on and so forth, that you are already taking in order to be able to feed the bone as well as feed the rest of your, your body. So I thought that was very interesting. There is um, also having to do with the protein. And I will say that there is a lot of, there's a lot of, um, what would you say, difference of opinion, I guess, depending on who the people are that are writing these articles. Because the people who are more into um, natural types of healing talk about eating a lot more plant protein, whereas the more traditional doctors talk about just eating protein, and it doesn't really matter what it comes from, um, that supposedly what you need is IGF-1, which um, has, which is a growth factor, and that one actually can come from either kind of protein. So um, I have upped my plant protein and actually have upped some of my um, goat cheese that I eat and salmon and some other, um, other items. So I've been trying to up both sides of it and kind of kind of cover my bets on that one. Um, okay, so there's another one that talks about taking quality multi, multivitamin and mineral supplement. Well, I just take a lot of vitamins, and so multivitamin doesn't have enough in, in those pills that um, especially aren't going to help me at this point. Um, I was taking ibuprofen, uh, you know, kind of like Advil, for the first few days because that's what the um, urgent care people had given me in a little handout. And it did help, but it's interesting because in a couple of the articles that I read, people say to avoid aspirin and ibuprofen. Um, and that is because that they say that it has to do with the um, large amounts of inflammatory prostaglandins at the site of the fracture and that you don't want to block the painful reaction because actually what it's doing is it's getting that those pain chemicals out and away from the breakage site so that you can then get them out of your body. And the ibuprofen and aspirin just kind of trap them in there. So I don't know how true that is, but I figured I got it to a point where it was the pain was under control and then I stopped taking it. I do know it's not very good for my stomach, so I was just as happy to be off of it. Um, and they also say to eat um, more alkaline, which is actually they say that for a lot of different things and not just for 
any site of any kind of um, illnesses or diseases or things like I have, um, bone breakages and perhaps just kind of one-off illnesses. And so I have been doing that as well. I've been drink, putting a little bit of lemon juice in my, um, my water to drink. And needless to say, you need to drink a lot of water with this as well. And I probably am not drinking as much as I should. And I need to pay more attention to that. So that's where I am on this. Um, like I say, I've upped a lot of my supplements. I'm trying to eat more. I need to, I need to get some other foods in here that are easy for me to eat and easy for me to fix and are pretty dense in both nutrition and calories. So that's, um, we'll be going to the market tomorrow and picking up some of those things. I picked up some vegetables at the farmer's market and some eggs today when um, my husband offered to go over there with me, which was, which was nice. Um, and so I made some hard-boiled eggs and I'm gonna start eating some of those. You know, there's a lot of things. Typically, I eat a lot of salads, and I've still been doing that the last few days. But it, salads are really not that easy to eat with one hand, especially if it's not your good hand. So I'm going to probably shy away from those a little bit, although the lettuce is really good for me. Unfortunately, as I say, the, um, it's, it gets kind of hard towards the end of the salad and then I go and get myself a spoon instead of a fork <laughs> to finish off the last part of the salad. But you know, hey, whatever works, that's all that's important. And green leafy lettuce is very good for you. And I put a little bit of kraut in. Um, I'm going to cut up or have my husband cut up some broccoli tomorrow and I'll make that. That works really well in salads as well as carrot and we have some really neat um, olive harache I think it's called which has sea salt and a, and a bunch of other things in it um, that is just incredibly wonderful I'm totally addicted to it I get it at the farmers market and it goes on everything, not just salad. I put it on eggs. I put it on vegetables. Um, I put it on almost anything. So uh, we bought a couple more jars of that, too, because my husband likes it as much as I do. Okay, so I'm done talking about bone breakages. And I was going to add another little bit here about something that I saw in an older issue, actually from last December, of the UC Berkeley Wellness Letter. And I kind of knew about all these things, but all of this is in one list, and I really couldn't resist um, talking to you guys about it. And it's called the No Flush List. 
And all of us are trying to be better citizens of the world and not to put a lot of garbage into our water and our waste systems um, and add to the that humongous plastic island that is floating in the Pacific. So I just thought this was, was kind of a, a good way to end this. And they were saying in here that, that all of us, we recycle, we compost, we, you know, do all of these different things and we always think two or three times before we actually throw something in the trash but that none of us really think about what we're flushing down the toilet and what the harm is from doing that and it, he said that they they talk to a lot of people a lot of waste management experts because they're the ones who are on the other end if you'll pardon the expression and are having to deal with all this stuff, I should say shit, that all of our, um, that all of us are flushing down the toilet. And I did know and had heard and been told that it is only human waste and toilet paper that should be flushed, nothing else. And so this list here is actually some of the worst things that you can flush. And the first thing on the list were flushable, quote-unquote, wipes, which are not flushable, even if the label says they're okay to flush because they don't break up. And so what they do is that then they combine in the waste system to form their own little giant blobs of indestructible stuff. And... It says it actually says the New York City officials have estimated that they spend eighteen million dollars dealing with wet wipe problems between twenty ten and twenty fifteen. That's pretty incredible. Okay, second is dental floss. I didn't know anybody would ever think of throwing dental floss into a toilet. You put it in the trash. Anyways, it creates huge problems in septic tanks and the regular sewer systems and pumping stations, it snags other material and it just gets totally all knotted up, which sounds really nasty. The other thing is hair, long hair, which again, I guess could be a lot like dental floss in that way, gets caught in the machinery and it combines as well to create clumps that block pipes and especially at the joints, you know, where the joints bend the pipes. Okay, there's cigarette butts. I thought people had stopped doing that like 30 years ago. Why, again, why would you throw those down? Why would anybody think that they're biodegradable? I mean, really. Next is disposable contact lenses. And I wore contact lenses for years and years. I never flushed them down the toilet. I always put them in the trash. I just don't know where people are, what people are thinking about. Expired or unused medications. Okay, so that one probably 30, 40 years ago I did do a couple of times, but I soon learned my lesson. And we take them to the dump and they get rid of them um, because they shouldn't go in the trash either. You don't want to um, put them in there because then they dissolve and get into the waste um, 
and the and the um, the trap big things of trash and so they also um, can't if you put the medications down the toilet they get into the drinking water because a lot of that water is used and cleaned and then turned into drinking water so um, I don't know interesting it says that um, the FDA advises mixing your medications with coffee grounds if you can't find anybody anywhere else or any other uh, places to take your prescriptions although everyone has something if you look it up there are even some pharmacies that will take uh, prescriptions back you just have to tear off the labels um, from it and just give them the the, um, the bottle the unmarked bottles so um, it's interesting so the FDA advises mixing the medication if you can't find any place with coffee grounds kitty litter or anything else that is utterly unpalatable and then seal it in a disposable container like a plastic baggie and throw it in the trash Ooh, that does not sound good either the FDA does advise flushing a few dangerous drugs such as potent narcotics because a tiny amount could kill a child or a pet. I don't know. I still would try and, and take it and find, find a place to take it to. And as I say, most, most waste management places, you know, your garbage collectors, will um, accept it from you and then they get rid of it safely. So it says other things not to, not to flush. Sanitary napkins, tampons. Yeah, that's something I learned actually fairly recently. Condoms, cotton makeup balls and pads and bandages. Those all sound like trash to me. So that's it for today. I did kind of a long podcast. But um, hopefully an entertaining one and something you have learned from. So remember, I am not a doctor. I am not giving medical advice. If you have an issue, you need to go to a doctor and get some real medical advice. And in the meantime, you can follow my, uh, my journey with my um, collarbone. I am doing, trying to do daily short videos. They're on YouTube under my Healthy Tips After 50 YouTube channel, actually After 50 podcast YouTube channel. They're also on my website, healthytipsafter50.com, and they are also on my Facebook page, Healthy Tips After 50 as well as my personal one, which is Susan Rosen online. So I hope that you will follow along and let me know what you think. That's it. I will see you. No, I guess I won't see you. I will talk to you next time. This has been Healthy Tips After 50 with Susan Rosen. To stay on the cutting edge of the most effective health strategies, subscribe to this podcast and let us know what you thought of the show with a comment or like on iTunes. Visit HealthyTipsAfter50.com for this episode's show notes, more resources, and free offers.